0: what is going on party people and welcome to episode 12 of the review show each week we pick something new here to talk about whether it be a comic book a movie a tv show manga or more we read it we watch it we do what we have to do we come back here and talk about it my name is kyle springer and along for the ride i have melissa wilkinson
1: hello kyle hello listeners yeah how are you this week i'm doing good you might not recognize me with the red arm i <laughs> went out yesterday and i got inadvertently sunburned because i didn't have a high enough spf for the amount of time i ended up being outdoors hell I yeah tried to white prepare. people
0: problems <laughs> it
1: it did not work so yeah i'm just over here being all pink
0: there you go nice and nice and c- and c- cooked <laughs> Yeah, that's good. So you, you went to the zoo yesterday, is what, is uh-huh. what you said?
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: cool. Was that just like family thing, just for fun? Were you going with a friend? Father's Day type of thing? Because we're I recording on... this on Father's Day.
1: So. We are. I went on a date, Kyle.
0: Oh, you went on a date. Awesome.
1: Yes, and I did want to tell you about this because... One of the first things you brought up to me when we first had our like meeting about, hey, do you need help with the podcast? Was you told me one of your inspirations was the kind of funny podcast yeah. that thing. they that was whole in crew. <laughs> yeah, that was in this guy's bio, and I'm like, oh, I know what that thing is. <laughs> so like, I had an opening line because of you, Kyle. There you
0: go. Shout out to the kind of funny best <laughs> friend that. That Melissa went out <laughs> on a date with.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I was actually out on a date yesterday, too.
1: Way
0: to go! Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit hungover, uh, so oh. this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> um, but Look we went us. out to a couple breweries uh, and just chatted it up and went to... The, 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 there was a couple different e- e- events g- g- going on there so we just kind of walked around and had some fun so it was cool it was good good yeah uh that being said though um this week went by really slow for me Mm. i I don't i don't know if you if that was the same thing for you or not but i i asked a couple people and they were like yeah it's been really strange (laughs) week one guy was like yeah i don't think i know how time works so, <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. I, 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 was going to say E3 was this past weekend. So there's a whole yes, bunch of video game news that I was super excited for. And then mm-hmm. I finally bought a Nintendo Switch.
1: Awesome! Uh, so I've
0: been playing Zelda the entire week. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Up to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's... um. Let's go ahead and get things started here. What are we talking about this week, Melissa?
1: We are going to literally dive in. You say dive in a lot, and this time it like actually applies. We are talking about a comic series called Department H, and when you abbreviate it, it spells depth. Yeah. And it is an underwater murder mystery.
0: It is, (laughs) and I, I remember it was like last year sometime and I finally put it together that it spells death. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Hmm? It, was, it was not not my best moment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's a underwater kind of murder mystery uh, kind of crime noir meets 20,000 leagues under the sea type of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's mainly done by Matt Kent I believe Uh, I believe his wife is doing the colors I'm not sure I don't know if I remember that correctly I don't have it up in front of me here maybe I can pull it up as we talk Um, but yeah Matt Matt Kent does most of the writing and does the artwork on this book Um, and it was one I've I've had my eye on for a little while I remember when it first started coming out, and I look. I really, really liked kind of the hand-drawn. It's not. Yes. It's not what you would think of for like Marvel or DC comics, where it's like everything is like finely tuned, and it is, they're all like perfect specimens of the human, you know, race and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is a much more. Uh, I hate to hate to use the word sketchy, but it's it's much more a. It's very personal, is is what I felt like.
1: Yeah, and it's done with watercolors. Yes. And so it is scans of the actual paper, and you can see the texture and, like, the toothiness of the paper it was originally done on, like, here in these digital comic files we looked at. And that was this really wonderful, personal, intimate touch to the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um it's it it was int- interesting i was excited to read this um i g- guess for those of you out there who have not re- read this we mentioned it's a murder mis- mystery Um yes. the story follows uh this woman whose father was just murdered and he was murdered kind of in this underwater i guess like science lab thing I, it was like it was like an old oil rig that was like repurposed to this like underwater research lab uh Mm -hmm. he's somehow murdered there and she has to go figure out who it was um she was not there when it happened she kind of has been absent from his life for a while it sounded like so they brought her in because it's like okay you're Family, we know you will actually want to solve this, but you also aren't close to him, so you know, you, like you're, you're not gonna have some kind of like preconceived notion of what's g- 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 of what's g- 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 going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she agrees to go down and figure it out. Um, let's see, I'm looking at the comic book right <laughs> now on my phone. And it says story and art by Matt Kent, colors by Charlene Kent, and letters by Marie Enger. Um, so yeah, there you go.
1: Nice. What did
0: you think? Because you said you were in the mood for a crime book when when you yeah. picked this last week.
1: Yeah, I liked it. It took, I feel like it took a little while to get going. Did you kind of have that same feeling? Because like I wasn't... I liked volume one, but I got much more into it in volume two. I think there was a big advance in quality of storytelling. Did okay. you feel like that? Um,
0: I, I, I definitely felt like like volume two kind of dived into... Like, mm-hmm. There I go again with saying dive into. <laughs> um, it, it explored the characters a lot more. So yes. I, I think it really opened up to, okay, who are these people why are they on this ship maybe that will help us figure out the mystery Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and i don't know if i'm being honest i don't i don't know if i liked this book (laughs) yeah i i like i i i love the concept uh Mm -hmm. just this like locked room murder mystery twenty thousand leagues under the sea that sounds fantastic that's right up my yes alley um, and so I like I'm I really wanted this book to be good, but I think there was just a number of problems to me that just got in the way, and it was just like I wish it wouldn't do this. I, I you know yeah like so the one thing that was very um, neat. I, I guess uh, we can go ahead and get into spoilers and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So if you guys have not read this, uh, go go check it out. Um, Despite me not kind of liking it as much as I hoped, I st- I still think it's a good read. It's it's an in- yeah. in- interesting book, and we only read the first half, uh, so we mm-hmm. don't actually know how it concludes. And maybe it ends up being really awesome. Um, but yeah, go 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 check it out. Department H, I believe it's published by Dark Horse Comics. Um, but yeah, so I. I was a little, hit, like, it was hard for me to get into this book. Um, one of the things I, I thought that they did that was really cool was on, like, kinda like the, the inside uh, of the pages where the, the, the spine of the uh-huh. comic book would be. They had these, like, ticker marks running up the side of it, and mm-hmm. uh, each issue filled in a new ticker mark. Um, oh. as, and it, st- it started f- from the b- bottom too t- so it c- c- kind of rose up to the top which the book kind of starts out w- with that and it's the main c- character being like it's not the descent like going mm-hmm. into the depths of the uh, ocean and no longer seeing the, the, the light it's not that that scares me but it's coming back up um, mm-hmm. And and what that means, like when 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 you re- 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 when you resurface, um, mm-hmm. which I I I, th- I think was a fantastic way to start the book. But then yeah, it had yeah. that little neat d- design thing on the side where each issue filled in a a new like ticker measurement thing. Not sure what to call those, but yeah. that was like oh, that's neat, that's cool. I I like that, but I th- I think the main p- problems for me was the pacing yeah the pacing of this book was really strange to me um I I guess I was kind of expecting it to be a lot slower than it was mm-hmm. um and this book is actually very very fast paced so yeah. I, I I was not expecting that because she she gets there to that underwater base and I want to say by the end of issue one, like start of issue two, everything is going wrong. And it's, yeah, I it, think it's a little overwhelming. And I, think,
1: and I think everything we read only took place over like probably less than 24 hours. Like it's kind of hard to gauge time down there because there aren't, you know, right. day and night cycles and like nobody has the time to like lay down and rest and go to sleep. But it feels like time wise, very compressed.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, th- think at one point she mentioned, like, she hadn't slept in, like, 36 hours or mm. something, um, which also might explain why she's kind of seeing things down yeah. there in that underwater lab. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the, the pacing was really strange to me, because right off the bat, it's kind of action-packed, like, everything is going wrong, this exploded, and then that thing failed, and now we have to fix this, and we have to do that and it's just like oh okay they're not really getting to the mystery because obviously like someone is sabotaging all of this Uh stuff and making it happen Um, but it like I kind of expected it to just be this real slow burn of like okay I have to live down here with these people for a while to kind of figure out who they are and stuff like that and so it it has it had this like right off the bat here's the action and then volume 2 slowed down as she she gets trapped in one of the rooms with this guy, and she goes, okay, well, uh, tell me their stories. And just each, mm-hmm. each issue was, okay, here's the backstory on this character. Here's the backstory on that character. And they were great stories, but it's like, okay, you just had me go- going nonstop mm-hmm. for six issues or so, and now we're just, like, stuck here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is that something that stuck? Because you mentioned you liked Volume 2 a lot more.
1: Yeah. I think in Volume 1, it'll go from a story in Mia's past to something Mia is doing currently, and I never felt like there was quite enough breathing room between here's a flashback, here's present day. Sure. Like, I wanted each thing to just sort of have a little bit more breathing space in between it, like, have, like... If we come right out of, like, a dramatic thing in a flashback, maybe have, like, what's happening in current times be, like, a little bit slower so that it's not just, like, tension to tension. Just, like, sort of pace it out a little bit better. In Volume 2, everything you are being told is... You're just being told it. There's no... You're not being... The past is not illustrated to you. It is just Roger telling it to Mia. And you're getting Roger's little word bubbles over the illustrations of what the person he's talking about is doing currently, and I feel like that worked a lot better. It yeah. wasn't like, here's a thing, and then here's a thing. It's like, nope, here's two things layered over each other, and that felt a lot smoother to me, and it felt a lot more powerful, I think.
0: it. Yeah, I I, I think it felt more powerful. Um, I I actually did like the second volume because of the, the, the storytelling, mm-hmm. what they were doing g- g- there, because the the first story that you get to- told, like, the first character's backstory is um, the guy who's, like, the self-appointed priest. And yeah. it's it's a really interesting story of, like, he he's this kind of religious guy. He's not actually a priest or anything like mm-hmm. that, but he's very religious. He kind of takes science hesitantly. If, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, he's not like science yeah. is bad, but he's like okay, science may have something here, but we also have to question it still. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, like it's telling the story of him kind of challenging. Uh, w- w- what was her name? Was it? Uh,
1: I don't. I don't. Remember. Oh, the the dad's name?
0: Uh, no, the main character's name. Oh, Mia. Mia. Okay, I thought yeah. it was something, and but then her dad's name she's... was Hari. She's also I think Hawaiian or like part Hawaiian. So I was like, I don't I know her brother's name is Raj.
1: No, I I think they're um they're Indian and I believe they lived and worked for a long time in in Hawaii Hawaii? and I believe her mom was given like Oh, this is, like, your local nickname. Like, this is the equivalent of what your name would be, you know, in Hawaiian.
0: Gotcha. Because, yeah, I I at least knew that they were not white, which was a Mm -hmm. nice thing to not have a murder mystery with the main character being white. Um, But, yeah, so she's being told this story about how this self-appointed priest guy, when he was in in college taking her father's, class he would kind of challenge him um but then they kind of kind of mentioned that he's like this harmless soul like he you know yeah. like he's like he's actually a good guy but it's paired with him murdering someone
1: <laughs> yeah but for you can tell he's very conflicted about it and he is doing it because he's he knows trying this to is do the, the right only thing way yeah this is the only way to take this one life to save countless other lives and i loved that he is open about it like he doesn't try and hide it he's not like i don't know jerome just hit his head and he fell down he's like no i killed him because otherwise he was going to destroy this cure and the people need to be cured i really liked aaron i liked how just honest and upfront he was about everything
0: yeah um not that murder is a good thing but uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah he
1: didn't try and hide it and i liked that
0: yeah um no, like, it, it, it was it was just that int- that interesting juxtaposition where you're like, wait, I know he's trying to save people, and the guy he's murdering is also kind of cr- crazy and talking to himself and seeing things, and he's just not there, 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 so could this guy actually have it in him to murder his dad? And, like, we're, we're watching him murder someone else, and it's just like, oh, boy. I have no idea. Yeah. Like I, th- that's a tough one, because mm-hmm. we're hearing this story of how he's actually a great guy, and then here he is murdering someone. It's so strange. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that leads me to a, qu- a question. If, we, if if we can kind of take a si- a side path here, uh huh, that cure that he was trying to take from the guy that he ended up murdering um the book doesn't really talk about that much or at least yet or what's happening on yeah. the surface that kind of mm-hmm. confused me because it looked like they were researching some kind of c- cure to some kind of major virus or epidemic that had happened on earth Mm-hmm. on one hand It kind of reminds me of some kind of post-apocalyptic thing, but I don't think it was, or at least to that extent.
1: Yeah, it didn't feel like it was far enough along to be considered, like, this is a dystopia now. But yeah, times were rough out there on land. There was some sort of bad virus going around, and that's what got me as mother, you know, who knows, how? maybe like 10 years ago or something. So, yeah, the world has been living in this time of uh, pestilence, I guess. (laughs) And this research base is down underwater trying to see, doing general, like, biological maritime research. And also, like, is there any compound we can get from any of the flora and fauna down here that can help foster a cure? And we're like this little incubator down here like nobody really comes or goes so we're kind of unofficially quarantined off
0: they're all and we've got there. a safe yeah.
1: environment to s- test all of this yeah
0: yeah so it's because like i i kind of wanted to know more about that like how did this thing start like yeah how you know, you, you, you know like it it was enough of a side plot or i, I guess not i mean the, the least was not much of a side plot in this. It was more just like, oh yeah, by the way. Um, but it, it was enough of a detail that I was like, well, wait a minute. I kind of want to know more about that. Like, the murder is mm-hmm. interesting, but this is also interesting. Like, can yeah. you tell me more about that? And they did not. And so I was just like, oh
1: man. guess, yeah, I guess I we're going it... to
0: focus on this mystery.
1: <laughs> it would have upped the stakes, I think, because people are talking about, oh, we need this cure for the people, for the world out there, and we don't See the world out there. We don't get any sort of glimpse of, like, what the general of public how is going it through. bad actually is, yeah. Yeah, like, nobody has, like, you know, the CNN on in the background saying, like, you know, we are entering the 10th year of this plague. Like, there's nothing like that. And I would have liked just a tiny bit more of that to sort of give me an idea of what... Okay, you want to help people. What are people going through?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... It's an interesting read. I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of lost as to where they will go by the end of this book. Yeah, because um, I, th- I, think they've, they've, they've hinted at a number of possibilities. Um, did, did you have any theories of who done it, or where this, wh- wh- where, you think this book is going? Based off the first. I don't first
1: know. Half? I'm not good at mysteries. I like them, but if I actually try and figure them out myself, I get stuck in this loop of oh it's obvious, it's gotta be that. No, that's too obvious. It's not gonna be that. It's going to be the thing I've fun of it. Yeah, I get stuck in a loop and, like, I don't know how to break out of it. I'm just tumbling down a hill infinitely until the thing is over and it tells me what happened. (laughs) I'm not good at them. I wish I was. So I'm trying to read more mystery things and watch more mystery things and become a better armchair detective.
0: Uh, Better gumshoe. Yeah, so I I don't know who did it. I don't even know if I have a solid idea of which person I think it was yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think it's someone who wasn't down there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, like, I'm kind of wondering if it was, like, I guess his name is Alan or Elaine, I guess his nickname. Yeah. Like, he's involved in the company. Mm-hmm. We know that he can send stuff down there. Um, he was involved with Mia, Mm
1: -hmm. but we
0: haven't learned much about him yet, and we know that he has some kind of, like, secret language with Mia, uh, and they're kind of, or he at one point was trying to be like, you need to get out of, out of there now, which is Mm -hmm. very mysterious, and just, like, what is going on, why do you know this, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, I think it might be like that billionaire guy he's kind of working with.
0: Potentially that, Yeah, the the
1: guy who's funding everything, but then also... Money's
0: a good motivator.
1: Is that that too obvious? I wonder if it might be... I think it might be somebody who will have a... It'll be very poignant for Mia to confront this person. Yeah. It's not going to mean as much if she has to go confront... Q or Bob, but it's gonna have a lot of weight to it if it was Raj or if it was Lily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I wonder if it might be some... And they've got something going on we didn't get to learn a lot about yet.
0: Yeah. They do. They've also hinted at some weird undersea creatures, though. Yeah! So... I, on one hand, I feel like I would be really disappointed if it was actually, like, some sea monster or some sea creature or, you know, it, like, it's, it's not actually that he was murdered by a, another person, mm-hmm. but, you know, was was killed while researching something.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it'll be quite like that. Also, when she goes down to the murder scene, there's a gun floating around, isn't there? There is, yes. And it's entirely possible that, like, he just had the gun with him. Like, that was some sort of security protocol, or that's just an item, like, in a lockbox sure. there in that science lab. Well, it, but
0: it sounded like whatever happened, someone caused, uh, like, mm-hmm. a cave in, like the, the yes. pressure. So the gun would point to that if they shot it. You know, it blows a hole mm-hmm. and then they all.
1: Yeah. They all explode. So think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so unless they pull something crazy, like oh, this underwater creature is sentient enough to figure out how to work a gun and destroy the pressure. of Well, <laughs> oh, we
0: did wow. see underwater talking <laughs> spiders.
1: That was a crazy twist, because what i was expecting was going to happen because she's going through this underwater cave and she's like i hear raj's voice i hear raj's voice he's got to be safe down here i was expecting it to be something like uh like a, a recorder like some sort of a recording device like he tried to record like a last message and it was there like replaying it and glitching through it yeah and instead she goes and it's these weird sea spiders that have a parrot-like ability to mimic human speech, which is the first, like, real hard, like, fantastical Horror, yeah. sci-fi turn that this story takes. It's like, whoa, I didn't know we were playing with something like that. It's like,
0: okay, spiders, yeah, it's
1: like, not fun. It's almost, it's almost so wacky that it kind of underplays the tension of the moment, like, oh, it's... It's this thing? It's like the end of Watchmen, like Watchmen the graphic novel, because I know it's a little different in the movie, where, like, Ozymandias' plot is to build this big, crazy-looking alien monster, and the plan is good, but the alien is so wacky-looking, it kind of
0: impacts a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it worked, but it's like, oh, this... You lost like a couple shades of the seriousness here. Just so crazy, and I kind of wish you would have gone in a little different direction.
0: Yeah, I mean it's. At the same time, though, like that's one of the things about like underwater life. There's so much of it mm. that we don't know about. Yeah, that so is true. He can kind of make up these. Mon- I mean, I-, I don't know if these are a real thing or not. If they are, good God, don't can-
1: put them can't anywhere near be. me.
0: But they uh,
1: can't talk.
0: <laughs> but um. But yeah, like, it it allows him to kind of make these fantastical, horrific creatures, and being like, hey, it's just life that we haven't discovered yet.
1: Yeah. The giant turtle was my favorite one.
0: Yeah, and again, (laughs) it's just like, she walks out in this room and there's this gigantic turtle that's like, like, it's like Godzilla size, Mm
1: -hmm. and she's just
0: like, oh. Okay, I'm gonna go the other way now.
1: <laughs> I did like the juxtaposition of this tiny, tense, cramped, dingy science facility. But then just outside are all these beautiful creatures just floating around without a care in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, no, we can't look at the creatures. We're gonna be in this gray, angry box.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Weird stuff. Because, yeah, like, I'm... I'm hoping it's not one of the monsters, because to me that would be disappointing that it's like, oh, it's a murder mystery, and then it's like, oh, he got killed by, like, a sea creature. That's a little disappointing.
1: I think that's how, like, one of the first murder mystery, like, murder mysteries, like, Edgar Allan Poe's Murder at the Rue Morgue, I think it's that one. There is some, like, old Edgar Allan Poe, like, Uh mystery tale where the guy was killed by a monkey? This is real?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I... <laughs> I don't mind, like, the mystery of, like, okay, we need yeah. to figure out how this guy died, and it uh-huh. ends up being some, like, real crazy thing. But yeah, yeah. I, I I think when you, when you sell it as a murder mystery,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know about you, but I have the connotation that it is a person that did this. Yes. Like, we need to figure out who this person is and how. And... When it, it's not a human, when it's not a person, then it's like ooh, okay, not what I was hoping for. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it, I don't know. It, it, I guess it's semantics for me because it's like <laughs> I like that's that's what a murder mystery is. But if you do like a detective show, like if mm-hmm. if they had said this was a detective uh, book rather than a uh, like a murder mystery then uh, then like mentally I'm opened up to okay maybe it wasn't a human that did this maybe it was something else and we just we just need to figure it out you know so who knows
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and in some regard there is some sort of dark poetic beauty that he gave his life's work to the sea and the sea like took his life away but ultimately like Dr. Hari Hardy's downfall is that he had bad relationships with the people around him. He was so obsessed with his work, and yeah. his work killing him in the end is nice. Like, it works, but it does not work as well as just somebody he has inadvertently wronged through his carelessness. <laughs> Being like, nope, no more of you. We're done with this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there is that kind of poeticness. To mm-hmm. it, and we mentioned the, the start that Mia is more scared of uh, what it means for her to come back up after this. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned something that you, you think, whoever it is, it's going to be someone that it's going to be very meaningful for her to confront. Yeah. Um, so, like, how, how do you think Mia has changed since being down there?
1: One of the things about Volume 1 is that it's and it's just Mia talking about herself and the things very immediately concerning her. Okay. I was expecting her to get down there and, like, observe the people around her, and she doesn't. Like, all of her thoughtfulness is turned backwards into herself. Like, she's not, like, looking at anybody. She's not, like... Hmm, Jerome. What's Jerome's story? She's like, I remember this thing that happened to me when I was twelve, and it led yeah. to me developing, you know, this personality trait. And it's so, so self-centered in book one. Yeah, very and much so. and I can't quite tell if that is her own flaw that the story is setting us up to see her resolve and see her overcome and see her be more selfless because that would be a nice parallel to her dad who was sort of like this is my work this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go out there and do it and i'm not really paying attention to the consequences it has on the people around me or if that was just the way the narrative was structured like okay volume one we're gonna learn all about our crime solver and then we're gonna learn more about the suspects in the next volume after that so yeah i hope we learn to see her be um you know, just a little bit more thoughtful about the people around her and like care a little bit more.
0: Yeah, that that's an interesting perspective of like, what if to actually solve the mystery, she has to be like the opposite of her father, just like, because mm-hmm. yeah. at the start, she is all about it, like, I'm here to solve this mystery. That is it. Get out of my way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's 100 percent focused on her work. And one of the first characters she sees when she gets down there is her brother, right? It's, it's her own yeah. family, and there's this very brief confrontation that you, you you know is going to happen, right? Where it's like, wait, mm-hmm. you're not actually counting me as a suspect, right? Like, I'm your brother, like, <sighs> cut, 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 cut me some slack. And she's like, no, like, I, mm-hmm. I can't, like, I don't know, it was one of you, and I don't know who yet. Uh, yeah, and so I'm wondering if by the end of this book, she like to to actually figure it out. She's gonna kind of have to step back f- from that mindset of like, okay, I need to solve this, and maybe have it be more of like, okay, I need to come to terms with this and what happened here. Yeah, so, and then she'll it'll it'll all become clear.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I want this group of people that we have here to exit as to get through all of this and have some sort of bond with each other. Like, people are going through a lot of lengths to sort of protect and save and help each other, but nobody ever stops and says, like, thank you. Like, it's all done out of this sense of this is what is necessary to get the job done, and there's no gratitude that exists anywhere. There's no, like, hey, I know you were just doing your job, but, like, really, buddy, thank you for you know, draining the water out of that tunnel so that I could get through it. There's nothing like that. And I hope we're going to get something like that towards the end of this. I hope this is some sort of tale of maybe we've come from very bad biological families, but we can, if we get through these differences, if we get through this terrible situation, Mm -hmm. we can kind of learn to be each other's just solid, nice work family. Like, we can be good to each other now. We can let the past go, and we can learn to be good to each other.
0: Yeah. That's true. I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of depictions of, like, bad relationships throughout this story, and I don't know if we really have very many good ones to hold on to. Like, okay, that's nice. Why can't anything be more like that? Like... It seemed like uh, Mia and Alan had a very sweet relationship going, but we don't know a lot about it. We just saw that one little scene, and we don't know what has happened between that scene and where yeah. they are now, and if they're on the rocks or if they're just like, oh, circumstances have just forced us to be physically away from each other for a while. It seemed like, like circumstances, oh, just... based yeah, off yeah. what she
0: said. That page was actually fantastic um, when mm. when she goes to talk to him because it's uh, like her talking to him in like in the present day in the panels but in the gutter in 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 the spaces in between the panels in this like brownish coffee stain like wispy stuff in the background is like what she's thinking and it's it's her memories of of them together and that, like, it worked out really well. It, it was a very neat use of that space. I was like, oh, this is neat. Cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, d- did did you have a favorite? Actually, before I asked you that, um, I guess con- continuing on the relationships, in Volume 2, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think we're also kind of being set up to feel sympathetic for the guy that she's trapped in the room with with no yeah, legs Roger Roger yeah because um, he's he's the one telling the stories of all these people but he's he's also we don't know if he's a reliable narrator or not yeah which is an interesting like part of the mystery because he's a suspect too and it's like Mm -hmm. do we really want to trust these stories where he's kind of painting himself as the good guy the father figure that she never had you know
1: i really i really liked the part where he talks about how when she was a little girl mia got bitten by a snake and mia has remembered like her father picking her up and like carrying her like driving a motorcycle and carrying her at the same time to the hospital
0: that was roger And
1: roger's like Yeah, and Roger's like, no, like, your father was gone. I had to do that for you. I had to do that for your family. And so then you see her memory, like, replace her dad's face with Roger's face. But is she breaking through this construct that she invented and seeing what was really there? Or is she like, well, was I wrong? Was it really Roger? Have I been remembering it wrong the whole time? I did like that gray area which a lot. which
0: is an interesting detail because she, in that first volume she goes o- o- on and on about how she remembers everything like mm-hmm, p- perfectly. yeah yeah and so it's like huh this story element is changing that's kind of interesting I wonder <laughs> yeah cuz i mean he's he's also like he was inter like he I guess Roger was the one who was filming all of the expeditions and stuff like that. So he, mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily about the, like, oh, we need to explore for science. Um, he was just more mm-hmm. along for the ride. But I, it, it looks like as time went on, he, he ended up being in it for better or for worse. He's like, I'm going to be here no mm-hmm. ma- matter what, I see the value in this. So I'm wondering if it is potential like, hey, this is my business partner and I can see how I can take over and do some, you know, make some more money or do X, Y, and Mm -hmm. Z. Who knows what. Um, And maybe he's finally getting his comeuppance then. So who knows?
1: Yeah.
0: Who knows? Uh, I did want to ask who your favorite character was so far
1: my my favorite character was aaron because the first time you meet him he feels a lot more lighthearted and jovial than anyone else there i mean as much as you can be when you're underwater and the leader of your expedition yeah. is dead and your you know your base is failing around you but he's a little bit lighter hearted and i just liked that because you don't see the religious character often fulfilling that. Like the religious guy is not also like the fun, chummy, like cool guy with his graphic t shirt. Like, that's <laughs> normally not the same guy. That's the And youth I really group like pastor. that they put <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I liked that he wasn't this like stern old priest. He is like a very young, enthusiastic guy. Yeah, I liked Aaron a lot
0: yeah he was he was cool you you mentioned the the scene i i i think it stood out for me too when they all kind of meet up uh back after she had heard some of these stories um and they all went and had to do what they had to do and they all get back and made up and they're like yeah where's the scientist dude and he's like oh i murdered him and they're just yeah what (laughs) and he was like oh don't worry like he was trying to kill me and destroy the cure for this virus that is plaguing Earth. So, you know, kind of had mm-hmm. to save the cure. And it's, c- yeah. it's c- kind of a mix of like, I mean, it sucks. I didn't want to do it, but I also wanted to save more lives. And he's kind of crazy. Yeah. No one liked him anyways. So yeah. uh, it, it's also kind of self-defense because he was going crazy and attacking. And, you know,
1: mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, I like that he he did what he had to do He was conflicted in the moment But he's like, I made my choice I did what was right I'm going to admit this to everyone And I'm going to keep going Yeah I liked how he felt emotionally prepared To deal with all of this stuff Like, oh, I think I can count on Aaron To not crack at any point in the future
0: I don't know I mean Because with With a bunch of, like, religious tropes Mm -hmm. and stuff, you always have the, like, guilty conscience and stuff. Like, what if it's... I mean, what if it's one of those things where he, you know, accidentally killed uh, the father, (laughs) Hari, and he's kind of, you know, it's kind of eaten him up, and he's cracking already, and that's why when this opportunity comes up for number two he's just like i i can't help it i c- can't control it you know what if he's already cracked yeah you just who don't knows? know you just don't know <laughs> yeah it's a I, good mean,
1: point like you really don't know
0: he has that like we, we've already mentioned his story and how he seems conflicted but at the same mm-hmm. time you get the panel where he looks like he's very evil I'm just like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. my plan is working. Excellent. You know? <laughs> uh, it, it's that, that anime t- trope where the guy with the glasses, you know, will push him up and they they they, f- they, f- they flash white. And it's just like, uh-oh. Yes. He's the villain. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. He does have the evil anime guy glasses.
0: Yeah, and he, he had, he had, like, after he murder the scientist dude he had that moment where like it had that really dramatic lighting and it's just like uh uh-oh this is uh i don't know we'll see we'll see Mm -hmm. what happens but uh yeah i don't know i think my favorite character i think is q
1: yeah he's
0: he's the muscle he was an interesting Guy, uh, apparently, because he's also a criminal. Uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. what they said he was in for. Did they say or not? Was he in? W- w- was he in for they d- murder? Yeah, I
1: don't think they specify. I don't think they specify it.
0: Um, well, he he was in in jail, and eventually got hired as muscle to do this stuff. He he he's the guy that can make the. T- tough decisions if they really mm-hmm. need to um which yeah. he had to to, to at one po- po- point before this story picks up and that's kind of eating him out like it's it's it just his insides are like i can't do this he's already changed mm-hmm. He's like i don't want to have to make these tough decisions anymore um, but we do know from being locked in that room that if he needs to, he still will. Yeah. And he's like he just has like he has this very scary like personality about him and just the way he looks, right? Because uh, he mm-hmm. he has tattoos all on his face and arms and stuff like yeah. that. But he he kind of has a lisp when he talks and they they, they write his character like it, like it sounds um which mm-hmm. kind of diffuses that to me. Yeah. Um were 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 you going to say something?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've got two things about Q. He's got all these blue tattoos all up and down him, but they're sort of blocky and angular. They're, they look they're like not scales. anything specific. They're just shapes. Yeah. And at the beginning of the comic, I'm like, is this a tattooed guy? Or is this like an alien or a mutant? Like, we've yeah. just started, is I don't know sea- how sci-fi... a creature
0: that can shapeshift into the likeness of humans <laughs> and simulate their yeah, voice like, boxes? <laughs> Maybe that's I why I didn't he know these. how
1: hard sci-fi we were going to get, because this is <laughs> right at the beginning, and I'm like... Well, we just know these couple people here in the station. I don't know if this is far enough in the future. It's like, oh, yeah, we got alien people walking around. There's hundreds (laughs) more of this partially blue guy up on land if we would just go up and land and look at them. How dare you
0: think that anyone who looks (laughs) different from you is an alien? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because I couldn't tell looking at the artwork like are these tattoos or are these like weird biological markings yeah, like they the, weren't the, detailed enough for me to tell the
0: artwork is more expressive <laughs> and we mentioned personal yeah um yeah whoops, i think my and then, uh mike just peaked as well we are going back to the thing yeah uh i i the art the artwork is much more expressive and personal right we we mm-hmm. mentioned that it it, it felt personal. So it's it it's one of those things that yeah, I think you can kind of look into and almost interpret in different ways. So I don't think you're wrong, right? When it's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe he's not everything that he seems.
1: Mhm. And then the other thing I wanted to say about Q is that when you get his backstory, you learn he is from Australia. Mm-hmm. And His dialogue was written like he had an accent and I could not figure out like what kind of accent it was supposed to be because he doesn't say anything specific. He doesn't have any sort of specific references or colloquialisms that would point you towards like, okay, this is where this guy is from. So I just defaulted to whenever I read an accent in a comic book and I'm like, well, I guess he just sounds like Gambit. So so that's how I was... Gambit is
0: your default comic book accent. (laughs) More me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what? Well, I, until I know better, until they tell me where he's from or I'm able to figure it out, I'm like, you're just going to sound like Gambit for, like, all of Volume 1 until That's I know where funny. you're from. And then they say Australia. And I'm like, okay, now I can see how this would I, sound Australian.
0: I kind of pictured him, like, from New York or New, Jer- New Jersey. Oh. With a slight lisp. Hmm. He- and he's like he you know he's like he's the big tough guy but he has this really really soft voice like hey yeah. you should come over here you know and i'm just uh-huh. I'm, I'm like that's perfect so it's really funny mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're like gambit <laughs> he's
1: yeah he's gonna have he's gonna and be a all, smooth all comic t- book talking occasion <laughs>
0: but uh yeah that's that's funny um that being said his story was not my favorite though i i liked him mm-hmm. as a character i thought he was the most yeah like, visually interesting and we just mm-hmm. we, we don't know like i'm i i feel like i was the most comfortable around him despite how he is he's supposed to be this big scary guy with all these yeah. tat- <laughs> these tattoos he he just i don't know he just kind of def- diffused it for me i don't i don't know um but my favorite story—I don't remember his name, as I don't remember anyone's name—was um, uh-huh. the military d- dude who, Bob. Had, yeah, who killed all like the whole drug cartel yeah. or, or or something. And when they found him, he's there like with all of the bodies, and he's like c- covered mm-hmm. in blood. That story was fascinating. I was like, that is awesome, uh, but it's also re- really <laughs> scary. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, what did you think of Bob? Because we haven't really talked about him yet.
1: No. Uh, I like Bob's visual design. I liked his his dreadlocks and his harpoon gun. Yeah. And, yeah, I liked his backstory. It's very big and bold and dramatic. Like, yeah, I was like this, you know. It's kind
0: of like Rambo.
1: Yeah, he's, like, a Navy SEAL who's been, like, extremely decorated, and then he gets into these, like, secret wet works missions, and something goes wrong, and the government has to, like, cut him loose, and he has to forge for survival. I felt like the backstories we got were these almost, like, classic backstory I archetypes. I don't like,
0: want that story now. Like, Matt, yeah, can't please write yeah. that story.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've got, like, the Soldier of Fortune who had to fight to survive. We've got just, like, the ex-con trying to make a good life for himself who is faced with a tough decision and yep. like has to hurt more people in order to help more people and then we've got this the- upstart well you know just like inspired young student that's like professor really think about what you're doing like all the backstories we got felt like these sort of classic archetypal like we template have the backstories sexy assistant
0: get who's kind of involved with the family on multiple yeah. levels yeah so yeah it doesn't it's, it's, it's just It's good. To say
1: anything felt. Yeah. Like, nothing felt cliche. But I, know, I did kind of like. It reminds me of, like, those. I don't know. Like, you'd get, like, a big war movie, and it's like, okay, here are five archetypes of guys in the company. There's Sarge. Is, you
0: know, the. F- there's the. the yeah. The, like. The runt. The, you know, who's scared yeah, of everything. There's the there's farm
1: boy. There's the Casanova. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It felt kind of like that. And I liked that part of it.
0: Yeah. Like, it. it Didn't feel cliche to me either. Yeah. But I think it was only because it, like, the underwater twist on this all was enough of a Mm -hmm. new setting that I was kind of willing to excuse that. It's like, oh, yeah, like you said, like, there's the ex-con, there's the assistant, there's the young upstart student, you know, all of that stuff. So it's, no, it did enough to kind of subvert everything that i was expecting or i i guess that's not even the right way to put it but it Mm -hmm. it it made enough changes where it it felt new it felt like this was his story this is what he wanted to do because we've also seen locked room murders in space and it's kind of the same thing right where they're trapped wherever they are in this space huddle, and one of them is a murderer, and we have to kind of figure it out, and so, so we're all all sitting there like, "Was it you?" Huh? <laughs> Finger gr- guns. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I think I think there's only two more volumes after this. Cause I think we read half of it. Um, I know there's at least a third volume, but I think I think. It might even still be going. It might not be... Late. I don't know if the fourth volume is out yet. Huh. Not sure. Could be wrong. Or maybe it just ended. But I am also kind of talking out of my ass here. So, I don't know. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah, I mean, is is this... Because we when we read Strangers in Paradise, that was also a bit of a crime mystery stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we ended up writing a very very small portion of that story um and you had mentioned you were kind of interested in keeping reading i don't know if you have or not but not yet this one is a much shorter story so we read a much bigger chunk Mm -hmm. of this is is this something you think you might keep reading or be interested to check out down the road at some point point
1: yeah, I think for the who done it aspect of it, I definitely want to see how it finishes out. If this was just a straight, like, thriller drama, and there wasn't as much mystery, I don't know if I would be as compelled. But yeah, now that you've opened this mystery of who killed the guy, like, well, now I have to know who killed the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit longer, though, if, mm-hmm. if, if it's... Pers- personally speaking, I like that slower burn mystery yeah. where you do kind of get to know the characters as they are on the boat, not what they were, you know, when they first met the the father. Um, so I I was kind of hoping for some more of that, which is fine. But yeah, I, I, think, I think this is definitely one that's short enough that even in an afternoon, you know, if you go pick it up from the store, you can pretty much... To finish it um, and I, I I think another reason why I would read this is it, it's kind of done a good job of keeping me from pinning down like who who, who yeah. I think is the murderer it's given me enough suspects yeah. and it, enough about them to keep me interested but not enough to be like okay I think it's this person we'll mm-hmm. see what happens um, but
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, we talked about how there's, like, kind of classic archetypal people in just a company, but there's not a classic, like, mystery archetypal person. There's no butler in this story that you could point to. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how, yeah, it's never straightforward. You're never exactly sure... Who the story is leaning towards I really don't always, know who it's going to be I can just guess
0: Yeah they kind of always give you at least two Options when mm-hmm. when, when they're Focusing down on like a, a, a single character It's like well yeah you could take it at face value But then the stuff that's happening Over here at the same time It's like I don't know We'll see Say We'll see a lot Um Yeah I don't know, uh, do you have any last last thoughts, last words on this book, Department H?:
1: Yeah, I'd recommend checking it out. I think the the second volume does have a lot. it improves a lot upon what Volume One sets up, so if you're going to read one, read them both, at least. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth it for the artwork. The artwork is gorgeous. And uh, it made me kind of nostalgic for Lost, in that it was all, like, you're crumbling old... Yeah. T- yeah, yeah, it's like crumbling old technology and, like, underwater and survival tension and flashbacks and stuff, so <laughs> I liked it. Cool. I liked it for that reason.
0: Good, good. Yeah, it's it's one to check out. If you're a fan of Jeff Lemire and his artwork, uh, it's very mm. similar to his, his stuff. Um, if, if you've read, like, Sweet Tooth or... Uh, the underwater welder this might be one that you should check out as well um so yeah i'm I'm interested i'm I'm still sh- struggling if I liked it because I, I i didn't mm-hmm. like the pacing as much I thought volume two slowed down a lot um and oddly, oddly enough I liked that pacing more despite it, it, it was just what I was set up to expect in volume one this was d- different f- mm-hmm. from that and if 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 it had been a little bit slower or had kept that like non-stop like action p- 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 pace in mm. volume two then I think I would have liked it a little bit better um but yeah go go check it out the first volume of this is on Comixology Unlimited Uh, But you guys, I'm sure can find volume 2 and 3 and potentially 4 if that is out uh, at your local comic book store or Barnes & Noble or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, go go check it out. That being said, uh, if you guys have been joining us on the live stream, thank you for stopping in. Uh, You guys can join our live stream at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And you guys can talk to us as we record these and throw in your two cents and maybe tell us something we didn't know about the book or the movie or something like that. Um, So, yeah, we would love to have you guys come follow us on Twitch. Right now we only have 15 followers and we need some more. Our goal is 20 at the moment. We need five more. Mm -hmm. So you guys should help us out. Uh, and come follow us on twitch.tv slash the whatnots. That way when we go live, you guys can get notified too. You won't miss a live stream. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll have some more rigmarole in a sec here, but Melissa, it is your turn to pitch some stuff that we will do for next week. What do you got?
1: Well, so out of the things I've pitched so far... It has included two black and white movies, (laughs) which I did not intend, and which is too specific of a thing to have two of them so close together. I mean, technically
0: I was the one that
1: picked them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) this week I have three picks. They are all movies. I had like other things in mind um, that I ended up being too difficult to get a hold of. So it's three movies that should be fairly easy for you to get. Three aggressively colorful movies, Kyle.
0: Aggressively colorful. There you go. Like,
1: prepare your eyes for every color you have ever seen. Okay. (laughs) And they're not just all eye candy. Like, I think all of them will have really interesting, like, story elements we can talk about. I'm not going to have you watch, like, here's three different options of cool screensavers, Kyle. (laughs) Out of curiosity, when I say the most aggressively colorful live-action movie to you, what? Is the movie you are thinking of first?
0: Uh, Speed Racer.
1: Kyle! We are made to be co-hosts! That is what it is.
0: I actually haven't seen it yet. But yeah, that's the that's that's the one that comes to mind. (laughs) Yes, I'm
1: so happy. Pitch number one is the Wachowskis Speed Racer. Okay. (laughs) Pitch number two is just as visually striking but a lot slower uh a lot more sort of ponderous and a lot more artsy i guess you might say this is the fall the fall yeah the movie the fall i don't remember who directed it but it stars lee pace
0: okay what's what's that one about
1: this is about somewhere in i think the early 20th century in some sort of a hospital like this might be like a 1910s spanish flu sort of situation i don't 100 percent remember okay and it's this sick little girl in this hospital and there's this like mysterious man who's like kind of in the same ward as her and she wants to know his story and he's like telling her a story like just to sort of keep oh. her spirits up yeah, to, like, keep her spirits up and keep her entertained, he's telling her this, like, fairy tale story every night. This is
0: sounding familiar. And you kind
1: of end up seeing that, yeah, he's kind of telling her his past, but he's framing it in this big, bold, like, fun fairy tale way. Okay. And then everything you see in this sort of storytelling world is, like, so bright and so vivid. And it goes through all these variety of different landscapes and the characters are, like, all color-coded and... Yeah, cool. I've only seen it once, but I remember it being, like, a really striking film.
0: Interesting. Um, there's a Netflix show also called The The Fall, and I believe yeah. it's based <laughs> off of another TV show that was, like, Swedish or Danish or it's, something.
1: I think it's British. I think Gillian Anderson was in it. I think it's, like, a yes. BBC drama, so this is not that.
0: Yeah, it's it's not that. But that that... The the, the Fall is also fantastic. Uh, So if you Mm. like crime shows, you should go check out that one. What is your third pitch, though?
1: My third pitch, uh, a little bit closer to Speed Racer. This is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Ah, okay. Yes, this is a Luc Besson film from last year. This stars Dane DeHaan and Cara Jelavine, I think her name is, and Rihanna, and a bunch of other people. This is based on, I think, a French comic series yep. called Valerian and Laureline. Yep,
0: you are correct.
1: She's, she is as important as he is, but they could only fit one name in this title, I guess, so it's yeah, his. Yeah, and
0: of co- co- course it had to be the guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's about this pair of sort of space investigators. They work okay. for some sort of general governing law body out there in this big glossy futuristic super glam space. And it's just this adventure they go on trying to recover this artifact and trying to help solve this mystery of this planet that disappeared. And they've got a little bit of like banter like romantic banter between each other. Okay. Yeah, so Interesting. big fun glossy. Yeah, so three different colorful things. So many colors, Kyle.
0: Awesome. Um, actually, I think I'm going to go with Valerian. Um, oh, nice! There was a guy, I'm not sure if he's still listening to our show or not, maybe he pops in from time to t- time, um, but yeah, he suggested the graphic novel for for us, and I was like, I can't make any promises, but it is on like my list of things to pitch and read and stuff like that so i might also read some of the graphic novel stuff if i can on my own can't make any promises on that but Mm -hmm. i say we we watch the valerian movie for next week then
1: yes and i have seen it before um I've seen the Blu-ray, and we watched some of the Blu-ray special features, uh-huh. and it shows you a lot of the panels from those comics, and they did look really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I might want to check out some of the comics at some point, too. I also can't promise I'll do it this week, but in the future I would like to investigate the original source material. Yeah,
0: cool, good. Um, side note, if you want another colorful movie to go check out in a very similar vein as Speed Racer... Uh, there is an animated movie called Redline uh, that you should oh. check out. It is beautifully animated and it's all hand done. Um, but it this is sounds
1: familiar. It's yeah.
0: this kind of racing movie, and it's all these like crazy looking cars and characters, and it's just the animation gets like elongated and forced perspective and it's just these crazy things happening um and it's 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 good it's like hour and a half ish two hours and it's just it's probably one of the most visually stunning like animated films i have ever seen so side note if if you want something else that is gonna visually punch you in the eyeballs um then go check out that but for next week like we said we're gonna watch valerian um you guys can find updates about uh, all of our shows at thewhatnots.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at The Whatnots. Uh, a number of our shows also have their own Twitter. Um, you, uh, we, we have shows that are upcoming that don't, uh, they're not out yet, but they have their own tw- <laughs> Twitter. Um, follow us on Twitter, at The Whatnots, and we will direct you to those ones uh because i there's a lot to name um but yeah go follow us on twitter like us on facebook follow us on youtube because we're still looking for some more help on youtube and we need your help on twitch.tv slash the whatnots uh as well so we need lots of help on social media but if you guys enjoy our show uh you guys can go to patreon.com slash the whatnots and you can throw us a dollar a month. Uh, And That gives you early access to all of our episodes, Uh, right now it's 4 episodes a month, uh, but we are going to be having more very, very soon. Uh, In fact, news update, if everything goes correct uh, and according to plan, uh, I think tomorrow or Tuesday Eric and I are going to be recording a reactor core for The Incredibles 2. Um, so that nice. should already if that happens, it's already out. You guys can go find that right now. Um, and also if everything goes according to plan, Eric and I should be recording the first episode of the Captain's log next Friday. Um, so cool. by, t- by time this is already out, we will have recorded it and you guys can join the live stream. We'll be tweeting about that uh, at the whatnots on our, our Twitter there uh so yeah lots of exciting stuff happening this this month and you guys are going to get a lot more than four episodes per month mm-hmm. um so yeah lots of exciting stuff to do but if you guys have no money that is okay. we just want you to enjoy the the enjoy the show and have a good time um that being said melissa where can they find you what are you up to recently
1: I am on Twitter at that's Wilkywit. That's uh, W I L K Y W I T. My live play RPG podcast that I'm a cast member on, The Lost Library, you can now hear me on two different stories. We did a one shot adventure. So, in addition, yeah, in addition to hearing me on the main campaign, you can hear me in the blind box one shot. And then also, I do a lot of appearances on my friend's show, Trifecta. That's try with a Y. And we talk about three different variants on the same thing. It's cool.
0: Awesome. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with me personally, I am at Hush315 on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I think that is about it. We will wrap things up. Next week, go watch Valerian. And you guys can join our live stream and chat with us as you do that. Uh, that being said, I guess we will see you guys next week. My name is Kyle Springer.
1: I'm Melissa Wilkinson. And
0: this has been the Whatnots Review Show. Adios, guys.
1: Bye.